Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy, even in infertility. Oh my goodness, can you guys believe we only have a few more weeks of 2018 left? We are full swing into the holidays, and I hope you guys had a blast with your family and friends over Thanksgiving. This is going to be our last episode for the year. I'm so sad, but I'm going to be taking a few weeks off just to enjoy time with my family and soaking up some moments with friends during my favorite part of the year. And I love that we're ending out this year with this episode. Today, I'm interviewing blogger Brittany Allen about her journey through three miscarriages in less than a year. Brittany has experienced deep loss, obviously. Things have not turned out like they had hoped. I'm sure like many of you, they expected to have one or two littles running around this Christmas and getting to do all the things that families with kids get to do during the holidays. But their story hasn't come to that point yet. And although she'll tell you up front, it is not that her faith has not wavered because she's definitely had hard conversations with God, but all that she's been through has brought her to such a deep place of trust in Him and God's plan for her life. Will you allow our third baby to grow? How long will this baby live? Can I emotionally survive another loss if you so choose? You know, Lord, that has to be enough for me. Please help my heart to rest in you, the creator and sustainer of life. Brittany is one of those people that after you talk to her, you just wanna know Jesus a little bit deeper. You just wanna get a little closer to him because her faith is so powerful. And as you listen, if you're like Brittany and maybe you wanted a different Christmas card picture this year than what you have, listen to her words of trust and faith. And I pray that you will be encouraged by it as you close out 2018. Hey, Brittany, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm really honored. So tell our listeners a little bit about you and your husband. So I met my husband um, at our church that we still attend um, a few years ago. We, I actually like was not attracted to him like at all when I first met him. Um, and he actually annoyed me. There were like oh, things he said. Good. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just didn't understand his like humor. And I like just, yeah. it's much better now. Um, (laughs) um, And so anyway, we attended a Bible study together where we were, um, it was for like singles and young marrieds. And um, as I just like got to know him over the course of like nine months um, as a friend, um, I just really saw just how much he loved the Lord and his knowledge of his word and he became like the most attractive guy to me. <laughs> um, and so it's cool how God can change your heart in that way. Um, and so, and he's not like an unattractive man at all. Like I don't, it's just like his, I don't know. I just, he wasn't the type of guy that I would have normally gone after. Okay. Um, I totally get that. That's how it was my husband. And then okay. I saw him in a drama on at church on one Sunday and I was like, oh, Oh, he's, he's the one for me. Yeah. Thinking how attractive he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was actually during that time, I was in a, a time of, um, just really contented singleness. Like I was loving my life with the Lord and just, um, 
serving him through different ministries and working with youth and stuff like that. And, um, but I did desire marriage. And so I prayed that the Lord would have, um, Jim, his name is Jim, seek me, um, and pursue me and, um, just submitted that to him. And, um, within a, um, couple months, he, we went on our first date. And so we, um, our first date was on New Year's Day, actually, which is really easy to remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we were we dated for four months, were engaged for four months, and then got married. So it was really quick. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, now we we've been married for five, a little over five years, and um, we um, still just serve in our church together in different ministries with youth. And I serve in women's ministry. He's a deacon. Um, so we're really busy with that. And then, um, he obviously works, (laughs) um, and we have a dog that we love too much and that's pretty much it. (laughs) You guys live in Ohio? Yes. Yes. We live in Ohio. So, and our family all lives here. We just chatted about how it is not snowing, but it is snowing in Kansas. (laughs) Yeah. And you have a blog, right? Yes. I am a writer. So, um, yeah. That's pretty much what I do. Oh, thank you. I found you. So tell us where you guys are in your journey with building your family so far. Yeah. um, So we actually waited um, longer than most of our friends to start trying for children. Um, We um, just wanted to be, we were both working and we wanted me to be able to stay home, um, with children. And so we waited for a few years until my husband got a promotion that, um, you know, allowed us to, um, have me stay home and be a stay at home mom and also to just pursue writing. Um, and I honestly was really nervous about motherhood. Um, I had a lot of fears going into it and I actually did not, like I, I believed that I would struggle with infertility. Um, as weird as that is, um, I just didn't have rose colored glasses on about it. Like I went into it with just fearing, um, miscarriage if I could even get pregnant, just all of that. And so, um, it was a huge leap for me, but we knew that that's kind of where God was leading us. So, um, we began trying in 2017, um, So we were married for, um, almost four years at that point. And, um, we got pregnant right away, which was crazy. Like I was so, um, shocked. Um, I had no idea that I would get pregnant so quickly and just didn't believe that that would happen. Um, and so that was just such a kindness of the Lord, um, to show me, I don't know what I think I know, like, um, you know, I thought I would struggle to conceive and he was like, no, I'm going to do this. And so, um, anyway, uh, we, that pregnancy was a very up and down. Um, we, uh, I had really bad morning sickness, like right off the bat. And then all of a sudden my symptoms were gone and I started spotting and, um, oh, wow. yeah, like it was immediate. Your symptoms were gone. Well, I had, I had it, I had like morning sickness and fatigue and stuff for, um, a full week and then it diminished, like it still came here and there, but it wasn't like constant. Um, mm-hmm. and I started spotting like a couple of days after it kind of diminished a little mm-hmm. bit. 
Um, and so we were in this like limbo. Um, we had a lot of tests done and they were not looking good. It was looking like I would probably miscarry. Um, but then we went to an ultrasound and fully expecting to see a lifeless baby. Like we just did not. And at this point we were at eight weeks, um, along and went into the ultrasound room and we saw this prominent flicker of a heartbeat and it was strong and it was actually really healthy. Um, and the baby was measuring a little small, but, um, other than that, everything looked good. Um, and so we kind of allowed our hearts to rest. Um, and what were the tests? Was it just like your blood work tests beforehand? Yeah. So they like tested the HCG and they said like the ultrasound trumps that like, um, as of now you have a healthy baby and they did think, um, that I probably lost a twin, but they, they couldn't tell for sure. Um, just based off of when you lose a twin that early, it most of the time goes into the other baby or into your body. And so it's hard to tell. Um, and so we don't know, God knows, (laughs) um, And so that was interesting. And then um, a week later to the day I began miscarrying and Mm -hmm. that was like, um, I I think a lot of people don't know that miscarriage is, I mean, it's not always this way, but it can be like labor. Um, And that was how it was for me with that baby. Even that, so you were nine weeks? I was nine weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it actually took four days to pass the placenta. Um, mm. So, I mean, I was in pain for um, four or five days. Um, and they didn't want you to come in at all? They just said do it at home? They offered that, but because I had already um, – so I actually had to do an ultrasound the day after I started miscarrying. Um, and they – which was a terrible experience, by the way <laughs> – um, mm-hmm. they offered that day to go ahead and do a DNC or to schedule a DNC. But because I had already started, I really wanted my body to just, um, I wanted to try and allow my body to just complete it naturally. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's what I chose to do. Um, and yeah, so that was a really traumatic experience for me. Um, and I remember at the worst part of like the labor part of it, um, I, my husband was holding me. I had like collapsed in the hallway. It was I was a mess. Um, and he was holding me. And I just remember all I could say was I'm never getting pregnant again. Like this is, yeah, I'm never doing this again, you know? Um, and so that was kind of our experience with, um, our first loss. Um, and then to jump forward, we, um, we gave it some time and then we began trying again and we got pregnant right away again. Um, which was a blessing, Um, and then unfortunately we lost the baby a lot quicker this time and, um, actually lost the baby on my husband's birthday, which was, yeah, it was really hard. (laughs) Um, and so after that loss, um, I actually dealt with a lot of depression and isolation and just feeling very alone, um, even though I was very open about like my struggle, um, and our miscarriages and all of that, I just felt very, um, just isolated and alone. Um, and almost like 
the Lord was far off. Um, and at the same time, my best friend got pregnant. And um, so that, you know, like she got pregnant and then the next day I got a negative pregnancy test. So that was like, mm-hmm. there was just a lot of emotions going on there. Um, and so we, we decided to stop trying for a while, um, just for a few months, just to let my heart heal and to um, just find um, comfort in the Lord. And so um, we did that. And then in the spring of 2018, this year, um, we began trying again and got pregnant right away again, um, which is, God is just so kind because I know so many women struggle for a long time to get pregnant and then they miscarry and I just can't imagine. Um, So I'm thankful Mm -hmm. for that. And um, we actually lost that baby on Father's Day. Um, Oh my goodness. I know. Um, And it was like just a couple days after the anniversary of losing our first child and also um, the day before the due date of our second. And so it was just like. So three babies within a year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was really, really hard. So that's kind of where we're at at this point. Oh, well, I guess during that pregnancy, so like a weekend, I found out that I had a genetic defect um, that is probably the cause of our miscarriages. And so it was like too late at that point in the pregnancy to um, like, it would have been a miracle. And it's still like, if I one day have a baby naturally, like it'll be a miracle um, of God because my body just... um, can't do it rightly because of the defect I have. Um, so anyway, um, we found that out and we, we knew that we would probably lose that third baby. Um, and we just tried to rejoice over that life as much as possible. Um, while it remained. So that's kind of where we're at now. Okay. So you said, in the beginning, before any of your losses, before you started trying, like you had fear going into it that this was going to be a part of your story. And now, I mean, you're a writer, you're, I mean, you're, I feel like you're so faith-filled on, on Instagram and just so hopeful and just always pointing people back to Jesus through this, these losses and through your journey. So what, what changed through all of that? At what point do you feel like you were able to, to just look up and say, I trust you no matter what? So um, I think it really changed for me when I saw the heartbeat of our first child um, because up to then, I mean, I wanted the baby, but I just didn't, um, I just had more fear than excitement um, just in regards to everything about motherhood. Um, but once I saw that heartbeat, I just fell in love with that baby Um and really, um, I think through seeing, um, the losses that God allowed in our lives, like losing the, the first two babies, um, I saw how God was using it in other women's lives. And so that's part of it too. Like I, um, when I, when I became a writer, I knew that God was going to call me to share things that most people would want to keep private. Um, I just knew because I, I tend to have that personality. I have to like work on not sharing things <laughs> because I just shared too much, you know? Um, and yeah, I don't know why, like it's, 
I don't know what that is about me. I think it's just my personality, but, um, I, I just have seen how it has helped me when other people share their lives. And so I want to be helpful to other people. And so anyway, I didn't know that when I signed up, signed up to be a writer, that this would be part of that, um, sharing these really hard things. Um, but I think through doing that and being faithful in that, um, God just, I got to see him use it. And that really, um, encouraged me and encouraged my heart and, um, helped me to just trust him. Like, because just realizing it's bigger than me, like these pregnancies, these losses, they affect me probably most like more than anyone, obviously, but it's, it's for God's glory and for my good. And so, um, just trusting him in that and just trusting his will and just his plan is so much bigger than I can see. So for you, writing and sharing has become kind of the tool that God's using to heal and to help you stay grounded in him through this process. I think so. I think it's definitely part of it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So speaking of writing, um, you wrote on your blog a, a letter that you wrote in the midst of your pregnancy with your third child before you lost it. And you wrote a letter to the Lord and you published it. And um, I had asked you before if you would mind reading it and you said you would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. So could you do that for us? Of course. Um, and for a little context, <laughs> um, just because God is cool. Um, I, this was a prayer that I actually just prayed and wrote down on my own with the Lord. Um, and I, though I've been open with our pregnancies and our losses, um, with our third, I wasn't sure what to do. Um, I just wasn't, I didn't, I feel like I started to fear man. Um, I started to fear the people who consistently, every time I became pregnant would tell me now don't share because you could miscarry. Um, yeah, multiple people. And so I started to fear that people were thinking I was being presumptuous by sharing these things. And, um, that is not what I wanted like that was not what I was trying to do. Um, but anyway, I, I prayed this prayer and I wrote it down and, um, I really felt like the Lord was like leading me to post it and to share it and to, um, share this life, even though I was like, it was very possible I would, I would lose this baby too. And so, um, I asked my husband and he was fine with it and I did. And what was really cool is, um, he, I don't know if, do you know who Tim Challies is? No. Okay. So he is like, he's a writer and he is really, really respected in like the world of Christian writing. And, um, he's, I, I respect him a lot. And he actually, um, picked up my article and shared it and, or not article, but you know, this blog, this prayer, and he shared it. And so it got to thousands of women and that just, I just remember being like, so in awe, just being like, Lord, I didn't even know if I could share this. And I was obedient and doing something really hard and you were using it to encourage other women that I could have never reached just on my own. And so that was really cool. So anyway, um, uh, I'll go on. Now, how far along were you oh, when you wrote this? I, I mean, it was very new. I was, I probably only had known I was pregnant for like less than a week. 
but you already knew that there was a good chance that it wouldn't yes. survive because of the, okay. Yeah. I found out I was pregnant and then I looked up, I had been awaiting test results cause I had, um, wondered if I had this genetic defect. Um, but anyway, I was awaiting those test results and I actually looked them up online and found out like that day, I think, um, that I had that defect. And at that point it was too late to switch. There's a lot that goes into it, but it was just too late at that point to make the switches I would need, um, to supplement that pregnancy and make it healthy. So, um, so yeah, I'll go ahead and read it. Um, I might cry. <laughs> I, I might That's not. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. So I said, um, dear Lord, I'm unsure of how to express all that I feel, but I know you see all that resides in, within my heart. You see my longings and my fears, my gratitude and my restlessness within my heart are the questions to which you alone have the answers. Will you allow our third baby to grow? How long will this baby live? Can I emotionally survive another loss if you so choose? You know, Lord, that has to be enough for me. Please help my heart to rest in you, the creator and sustainer of life. Creator, you are the God who created all things. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for opening my womb and creating life again where death has reigned. I praise you for this tiny life I already love so much despite my honest and shameful efforts to not grow attached. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of carrying this baby for however many days you have already decided. Sustainer, yes, that's who you are. All things hold together in you. No life can continue without your hand making it so. So, Father, I pray that you would sustain the life of our baby. I've been here before, begging with a tearful face, buried in the carpet. And I've witnessed your gentle no. I recognize you are sovereign, wise, and good. And you will only choose the absolute best path for our lives. I trust you. Because this baby is a gift and every gift comes from above, I realize that I am but a steward. I have no claim on this baby. I cannot move your hand with my righteousness or my faithfulness or lack thereof. Your, your plan is fixed, and that is a beautiful truth to cling to in the face of fear. Lord, I've seen so much good come from the heartache of losing our first two unborn children. You've drawn me near and used my story in the lives of women across the world. I can't fathom your ways and your goodness, though I pray that this baby's life will flourish in my womb and beyond. I also submit to your goodwill. Father, if it glorifies you the most and brings about the most good, you can have this baby. Who am I to say that you can have what's already yours? I know. I recognize how utterly ridiculous that statement sounds. But I voice it to display my submission to whatever you choose. I say it to myself moment after moment as I remind my hands to stay open, to cling to the giver and not the gift. If you choose to take away again, I only ask that you hold me fast. Keep me close. Please guard my heart from bitterness, isolation, anger, and depression. I have no strength within my own heart to walk further into this dark season we've been facing. Only through your strength can I prove faithful. 
and know and I trust you'll meet us there if you take us there. In the meantime, help me to rejoice over this little one each day. Help me to remain thankful and help me to trust you with each step. Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. In Jesus' name, amen. There is so much, like, just depth and truth, and just it's just so grounded in Scripture, and hearing you read it is even better than than reading it myself, mm-hmm. but you wrote that, and then how much longer did you carry the, the baby? Um think it was only about a week later. It's all kind of a blur, um, but we lost that baby around six weeks. So um, it was probably only a week or two weeks later. So tell us how that, how you process that after you, after you wrote those words and then just a week later, did, did you have to go back and read that yourself? Um, I didn't, but it was definitely fresh in my mind. Um, I, I feel like I struggled a lot in the in-between, um, in the waiting for God's answer. Um, I, I was kind of a mess. I mean, I would just cry constantly. Um, but I, I really, um, I just remember like turning on worship music and just on my knees crying and lifting my hands and just, you know, singing the words through my tears and just, words, you know, songs that were all about trusting God and suffering. And, um, I, yeah. So I feel like there was a lot of, um, grief already in between as I waited. Um, and so then when we lost the baby, I was really, obviously I was, I was at, I was very grieved. Um, but I was at peace, um, because I, I just knew that God's plan is, is so much bigger. Like I said earlier. Um, and that's not something that it's not that I haven't wrestled with, you know, why have we lost three babies? You know, I mean, that, that is something I wrestle with often, but, um, I just remember in the first days of the raw grief of losing our third baby, I was just also really at peace with the Lord and, and he really met up. He, he met me there. Like he answered these prayers, you yeah. know? Um, I love what you said. If you take us there, you'll meet us there. That's mm-hmm. so powerful. Yeah. And he did. And I, and what I don't mean by that is that it's been moment by moment, perfect communion with God. Like, <laughs> right. um, there has been, there have been times where I've been crying out, you know, Psalm 113, like how long, Oh Lord, like, will you forget me forever? Like, those words have been on my lips so many times. Um, but I see him meet me there when my best friend has her baby and I go over and I hold this baby and I feel that ache and yet I can rejoice with her. You know, I, I, he's, he's answered this prayer. He's kept me from depression. He's kept my eyes fixed on Jesus. And so, um, yeah, I just really trust him because of that. I think I love that you clarified that, that it's not all, it's not all rainbows and cupcakes. You're not, you're not walking around just, oh yes, I'm blessed. Wow. Everything's great. Um, and I love, because I mean, you think about David in the Psalms, like he, God called him a man after his own heart. And yet the majority of the Psalms are lament mm-hmm. yeah. and, and he grieved and he cried out and he, 
He asked God hard questions and he took his anger, his anger to him. And yet God still said he's a man after his own heart. So I, God can, that just shows God can handle it Yeah, and he will meet you there and he will give you what you need to make it through. So yeah, it doesn't have to be all cupcakes and rainbows. Yeah, There can be some storms and some dark days in there. I feel like I've really learned how to lament well, um, through this process. I think the Psalms, like I've been in the Psalms for over a year and a half now <laughs> because of all of this. Wow. I guess it hasn't been a year and a half, but you know, like ever since the first loss, I was, I found myself facing the Psalms and I've never left. So, um, yeah. So what does that look like for you? Tell our, like, tell people, the women listening, like, do you get up and read a chapter? Do you read a verse or do you kind of jump around? What does that look like when you've been in the Psalms for a year? Yeah. Um, it's looked different after each loss. Um, our first loss, I actually spent a lot of time in Job too. Um, and so it was like Job and the Psalms and it was just like different Psalms that I had remembered, um, that I, in other times of life, um, had been an encouragement to me. I would jump to those. Um, but after this last loss, and, and actually I think a little bit before I became pregnant, I had really just started, I started at Psalm one and started reading every day, one Psalm, and then writing out sometimes all of the Psalms, sometimes just a certain path, like certain part within the Psalm. Um, and just really focusing on those words. Um, and then I'm, you know, I do other studies as well, but, um, daily that's been the place that I find myself sitting is in the Psalms. Yeah. yeah. So I also read on your blog that I think it's in your bio. You said, I'm on a journey to make Christ my ultimate treasure in every circumstance, my ultimate treasure in every circumstance. So what does that look like in the space of infertility or delayed fertility? Yeah. So I actually remember, um, a few months before we started trying for children, my pastor was going through Philippians, um, on Sundays. And one of the main like themes in Philippians is valuing Christ above all things. And I remember just sitting there and listening and being like, how do you do that? <laughs> like, how do you truly value Jesus and treasure him above everything else? Um, and I think I had, um, grown in that just from, I actually had a broken engagement with, you know, when I was a new Christian and that kind of like paved the way, um, for, you know, going through this next type of longing and, um, loss and, um, making Christ my treasure. But I remember just thinking like, thinking that and like praying, Lord, help me to treasure you above all things. Um, I did not know that it would be through infertility that he would answer that prayer. Um, wow. and I, sh I surely don't have it figured out. Like, that's why I said I'm on a journey because it's, you know, it's a daily, um, it's a daily, like constant fixing my eyes on Jesus and not my circumstances. And every time I'm tempted to look at somebody else and what God has given them, or, um, every time I'm tempted to just, I mean, it's not wrong to think about the babies I've lost, but when I'm tempted to like stay there and just like sit in it for a long period of time and not to focus on the Lord, then that, you know, I have to take my eyes off of that and focus on Jesus. Um, and so, um, yeah, I just, I really feel like through this, um, 
through infertility and through loss, God is just, he's really drawn near and, um, it's just grown me closer to him and really caused me to just see that he's more valuable than anything, even a baby. And I would give anything to have my babies, but he is more valuable than them. So, so what does your future look like looking forward? What's, what's the next step? How are you feeling looking towards that? What's how, where are you at? Yeah. Um, so we are, um, like I said, we found out about that genetic disorder, um, during the last pregnancy. So this is kind of our first time being able to, um, have all the, well, not all the information, but what we think is the cause. Like we have information about that and, um, steps to try and prevent miscarriage. And so, um, we are currently working, um, with a, a fertility specialist, um, a fertility doctor. And also I'm working with a naturopath to heal my body naturally of, um, I also was diagnosed with PCOS, which, um, my genetic disorder and my PCOS, not to get all scientific, but they both cause, (laughs) I know they both cause clotting issues. And so what happens is clots happen in the placenta and cut off the bloodstream to the baby. And that's kind of what we think is causing our miscarriages. Um, and so we kind of have, um, going forward, we have to be on, or I, I wish my husband could do it instead. (laughs) Um, but I have to be on blood thinners. So I have to do like shots into my stomach every day. Um, which I actually have to start today. So I'm very nervous. Oh, really? So today's the beginning? Yeah, you have to start it at ovulation. I'm probably sharing way too much. <laughs> this won't air for like months from now. So, so then hopefully no one will do them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, we are um, starting that. And yeah, that that's really hard for me. I feel like one thing that God has been showing me and revealing in my heart is just that I can be such a slave to physical comfort. Um, and I, so like when I started trying, like when we started trying for children, I was like afraid of morning sickness. And now I'm like afraid of that. And I'm afraid of these shots and like miscarriage. Like there are so many things. Um, but I'm just really trying to, um, trust the Lord, um, with all of those. And, Um, even, even the fears of what if I have a stillborn baby, because I'm, I'm also more, um, at risk for that. And I'm at risk for, um, a baby with neural tube defects and just lots of things like that. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot of fears, but just trying to daily fix my eyes on Jesus. And, um, I don't, what's interesting is I, I, I don't fear as much, um, like, I don't know, like spiritually, like I, I know the Lord is going to get me through. Um, because I, you know, I wrote up this prayer last time and, and really didn't believe that. And he did. And so I know God will carry me through whatever it is that maybe in the future. Um, but I tend to fear like the physical part of it a little more at this point and the emotional side of it. Um, of course, but I, um, yeah, I'm just trying to trust in him and, and just know that my hope is not in a baby. It's in Jesus. And, 
um, yeah. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for coming on. And I love that you share too much. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't, I will never accuse you of that. And I mean, just thank you for being so honest in your writing. I think, gosh, I just can't, I can't wait to see what God does with you and with your writing, because I think it's just, it's powerful. There's so much truth and so much honesty and vulnerability. And I just, I love it. Thank you. That's really sweet. One of the things that Brittany said, I think is so appropriate for this season, especially is for us to cling to the giver and not the gift. I know it's so hard going through delayed fertility to not put all of your hopes and dreams into having a baby one day, but really the only thing that will satisfy us for eternity and really thinking smaller than that, the only thing that can satisfy us daily is the giver, Jesus Christ himself. And one of the things that I love to think about every Christmas, over 2,000 years ago, God made a way for two miraculous births. In Luke, we read Elizabeth was barren and old, and Mary was young and a virgin. And yet God allowed both of these women to conceive miracles. Nothing is impossible for him. His power and healing is strong enough to allow a virgin and an old lady to conceive. So we're right there in the middle. God's got you, and he is doing something with your life right where you are. You are not on hold. Your life is not on hold. It's not waiting to begin. You are living the moments that he planned for you before you are even a thought to your parents. So let's end out 2018 worshiping God for who he is and what he did for us through his son. Let's make him our ultimate treasure in every circumstance. Merry Christmas, friends. I cannot wait to start off next year with you guys in just a few short weeks. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Remember, God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you and he is good there will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.